0: Hi, this is Brian Woods, the head coach of FC Monmouth, and you are listening to the FC Monmouth Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the FC Monmouth Podcast. We're back after about a week and a half off. Matt DeLuca, Evan McMurtry, and Joey DiCamillo. Guys, it's been a while. Logged a lot of miles in between then and now, but we're here. We're back. More miles on our car, but... Three wins in our pocket as well after a three-game stretch, two on the road, one at home for FC Monmouth. Uh, we'll start in chronological order, but first, guys, how you doing? It's been a while.
2: Yeah, man. Um, I'm. I pra- feel like I'm practically a resident of Pennsylvania uh, after the last three weeks. I mean, going to doing, doing the Hershey and the Scranton kind of back to
0: back there was was a, a lot more of PA than I wanted to experience. Yeah, I mean. It's a shame, too. We haven't been able to do the podcast. It feels like it's been a while. Um, but, yeah, last week was just so crazy. There was no way. So, yeah, it's good to be good to be back on the mic for sure.
1: Well, we talked about it on the last podcast that we did. A stretch of three games in eight days is going to be busy. There's another one coming up uh, going into next week for FC Monmouth. But this one required a lot more traveling. Uh, me, and myself, I'm a big... Eastern PA guy. I know a lot of people will digress to that. I'm a. i am think big, you're the
2: only. I think you're the only one in this organization.
1: But but judging by my proximity to the Delaware River and Eastern PA, I've right. kind of been accustomed to it over the years. Uh, lots of puns came out of this road trip. We'll start at the beginning, work our way through. Uh, so we're going all the way back. You're getting your time machines, ladies and gentlemen. We're going back to June 8th. What are you, John Cusack? I'm just. I'm trying to just make some references at this point. So go, we're going back to June 8th. FC Monmouth began this 3-8 and eight stretch uh, in Hershey, PA. It was a very uh, sweet afternoon weather-wise. Uh, a nice chocolate pun for all you listeners. But FC Monmouth went in to play a Hershey team that, at the time, didn't have their first win of the season. They ended up getting that a few uh, days later. But FC Monmouth went in, got a goal in the first half, got two in the second half, ended up winning 3-1. to one. Uh, a game where they had three different guys score goals and a game where obviously there's a lot riding into this road trip and every game matters because it's a 10-game stretch for FC Monmouth, but they went in, they got that two, plus-two goal differential, they got three on the board, and that started a streak where they scored three goals in three straight games, but that Hershey game was kind of the, the tone setter for what was to come over that three-game oh, yeah, sure.
2: stretch. First... uh lengthy away uh, away day you know kind of going out there and i mean um back when i was uh a touring like rock musician it was always kind of weird driving out to these far shows and then you, you you feel like you lose all the energy that you would have uh, going into something local you, you just drove there for like eight hours or whatever it is and you get up on stage and you're like can i somehow replicate this energy after being in the car and having the you know the wear and tear of traveling on you, but uh, those shows ended up actually always being the most um, electric and exciting, and it was more of like a big release, and I feel like uh, there's a similarity there in the way that we performed, um, you know, at least on the, the two away games there, especially at Hershey. Hershey. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, I mean, it was just totally set the tone, totally set the mood. It was also a really good example of the team being able to readjust on the fly, especially um, into the second half, you know, a lot of uh, tactical adjustments were made to counter the game plan that Hershey was, was playing. Um, because it wasn't going so smooth in the first half. If you if you go back to the scoreline at that time, so uh, I thought that was a really good, um, I don't know, a little a little little variety in how we're gonna handle different teams there, and I, I was I was
0: happy to see that that result. Yeah, the the Watkins penalty in the first half was definitely you know just what we needed at that point. Both sides were really feeling each other out. Um, you know, it was definitely a, a weird opening half hour, I would say um no one really like was dominating it wasn't easy no it was definitely not yeah, easy. yeah no right? one was really dominating it was back and forth but you know the w- the Watkins penalty put us in front you know went into halftime you know w- with the lead and then um yeah I mean I, th- I think that that was important for us though to get that early goal in the first half for sure
1: yeah and then of course in the second half FC Monmouth jumped out to a 2-0 lead courtesy of Dylan Fogarty's goal as first of his career and that was definitely something we were, Evan and I were in the stands for that. And Joey, you were kind of bouncing around. I was, no, I was on, the, the on the ground. I was right that, behind and, the goal for that. Yeah. And, and for a guy who is tied for the most amount of games played in FC Mammoth history, was Zach Prager, to see that ball go in the back of the net, that was an awesome moment to see. He was so amped. He,
2: yeah. was, he was more Every, amped. I,
1: I think everyone affiliated with the club was to see that one go but in. But still and, not as amped as he
2: was. Oh, well, yeah. He <laughs> was. was the most amped I've ever seen that kid. It was It was incredible.
1: And then, of course, another guy scored his first goal. That was the third goal uh, for FC Mammoth, the fourth overall of the game, because Hershey got one in between Pablo Fonseca, who came up from the back line and was able to put one in off of Anna's Merculic's shot that got parried out. And to have three different goal scorers get in on the action kind of speaks to the versatility that this team has going forward and attacking. And we kind of saw that not only in this game, but in a couple of the other games to follow. But I thought that was one of the main takeaways, at least, I had was. The fact that three different guys scored from three different positions
2: in that game. And not the usual sp- the usual suspects outside of Watkins, of course. Yeah.
1: So that was definitely something that was encouraging coming out of that game as well. Of course, getting the three points as well. And in that game as well, Trevor Zabill had started a stretch where he had three straight starts all during this three-game stretch. And he, in his first career start, played the full 90 minutes, allowed the goal, but stopped two shots also. He also became the fourth goalkeeper... Uh, in team history to win his first career start with the other three being Scott Weigel, Malcolm Moraya, and then Jake Leahy. So lots well, of goalkeeping success, at least uh, from for FC Monmouth in the first two years to have new guys come in and when they're called on to start, four of them have won out of potential yeah, five. Yeah, so it's
2: never been an issue yeah. uh, for us.
1: So uh, that was just one little quirk in terms of the stats from that game. FC Monmouth outshot Hershey 17-9, uh, 9-3 on target. Of course, they had the three goals as well. So that started this stretch where they got three points in three straight games. The second one, you talk about electric atmospheres, Joey. <laughs> There's electricity in the city of Scranton, just by virtue of the fact that they call it the electric city. It was another day in the office for us. We went up to uh, the site of the office, even though it was shot in California, I believe.
2: Which is a shocking revelation, isn't it? When
1: I, when I heard that, by the way, and I don't want to get too far off topic, I was offended when I heard that it wasn't <laughs> shot in Scranton, I well, thought it was least the,
2: At least the intro B roll was. <laughs> well,
1: that's true, but you could probably get that stock footage anywhere. Which but, we,
2: uh, which we, we definitely do not condone here at FC Monmouth.
1: So we, uh, so we went into another game on the road in Eastern PA, just four days later on June twelfth. So if you're in a time machine, we're going forward now, not backwards. Uh, it was a three to two victory for FC Monmouth. Electric City got a goal really within the last two to three minutes of the game uh, to make it 3-2. to two. But FC Mammoth had three goals in the first half. Uh, and Rexon Watkins had two. He became the all-time leading goal scorer in team history. He broke Jordan Stanley's mark of four from last year. Brian Nibbs had probably one of, if not the goal of the year for what he did outside the box and kind of taking it himself and going in. And you guys could probably describe it better than I have just because of all the goals we've seen during this stretch as well. But another game to where on the road the team came in they looked fresh they looked ready to go and they went out there and got another three points and got at that point win number four of the season
2: yeah with a uh, uh, not without its own drama of course you know that that late second goal uh conceded i mean it's just uh, coming out three two that was it was a roller coaster pretty much the whole time the uh, electric city team they were they were very scrappy. They were very physical. Um, you know, you, you could see out on the pitch uh, that the the players out there. I mean, they were they were dealing. They were have they had to deal with that. They really did have to deal with that uh, as a as a you know an X factor to that game. I mean, there was uh, there was a lot going on. I think there was even a lot of stuff not called. I think the ref played on a lot of things there um, that maybe could have been called or not. So there there was just a lot of physicality to it. Uh, they they weren't gonna just make no team in this league is gonna you know. Be a walkthrough, and and that's something that uh, you know everyone. I think I hope every team understands going into this. And um, despite any team's record, it doesn't matter. They're not going to be a walkthrough. So that was definitely a a little bit of a roller coaster there too. But it was uh, again, it just Watkins being being a usual suspect, and the uh, the Nibzi goal, man, from outside the box. I mean, what a strike! Like we we talked about him. Uh, we've seen him try to actually. Uh, you know, he's had a couple shots. I'm sure you have the stats, but you can see how many shots he's uh, you know had on target already, but he's not afraid to take a rip from, uh, you know, a deep position like that, catch the keeper off guard. He's, he's attempted it a few times. It's just a matter of time until one of those is going to work out in his favor, and it does. And I like the fact that as a as a midfielder who I feel like I, I feel like he does play a big defensive role in cleaning everything up before it gets to the back line, like he's not afraid to drift forward, and he knows when to do that and when to facilitate things like that and has the discipline to, to even get to pull off a shot like that.
0: Yeah, like you said, it was great to see that one go in too because – all season, we've been seeing him get in those exact positions, has some space in front of the box, you know, takes a shot, and he hasn't really been getting a lot of them on target, you know? He hasn't, he really hasn't, but that one, I mean, just, it was perfect, like, just what he needed to just absolutely connect with one. It validates everything he's trying. Yeah, you right? know, top right corner, hits off the bottom of the crossbar, and and down and in, I mean, what a, what a strike to start that game. For sure.
1: And it was a crazy start to that game, too. You and I were, were busy up in the press box typing away, and I'm sure Joey was snapping picks, too, because there was three goals within the span of really under 10 minutes, from the 8th minute to the 15th minute. So I think that's seven minutes for the math majors out there, which I wasn't. But, uh, Nor was I. So we're going to guess seven, uh, if anyone wants to comment uh, <laughs> and tell me if my math's correct or not. But in any case, three goals within that stretch. It was already at that point, and then 2-1 to one for FC Monmouth, they're able to obviously get another goal from Watkins to make it three to one, and then Electric City uh, in stoppage time in the second half was able to get one back. But very busy start to the game, and then I think you and I noticed it in the second half. Things kind of settled out a little bit, and FC Monmouth was able to close out for another important three points on the road. Yeah,
0: I mean the second half was very quiet. You know, we we were pretty settled in. I feel like, um, and then of course you know the Electric City goal came in stoppage time. It definitely Made the last closing moments a little crazier, but yeah. at the end of the day, it didn't. It didn't really change anything, you know. Um, so three two, the final score. But uh, what a performance from the guys! And I don't think we've seen an explosive opening half hour like we did. I mean, it was it was uh, a joy to watch, really. You know, the opening goal goes in. Electricity gets to equalize. You're thinking, okay, we got a game on our hands here. Right. And then you know, Watkins scores a pair, and next thing you know, we're going into halftime with a two goal lead. So. Um, yeah, what what a performance from the guys, uh, probably, attacking probably the wise most and
2: exciting road game. I think usually, I mean, honestly, Hershey too. They were very exciting road games. Like you know, for anyone that did make the trip out, which a couple a couple people did, uh, that
0: opening thirty minutes really was, exciting to watch. Yeah, truly entertaining. Yeah, definitely an electric thirty minutes um, from the guys and Watkins passing. You know, not only tying the mark but breaking it in the same game. I mean, it was it was only fitting. He's he's been great this season, so uh, good for him. And then you know. When we do get on to Saturday, again, Watkins.
2: Yeah, what's, his total, what's Watkins' total uh, goals now? Five?
0: Six. Six? And six in what? Six games? Yeah, seven
2: games. Seven, seven games? games? Seven I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's, yeah, like yep. for... <laughs> in this league, you, <laughs> you, you know? T- yeah, you would take that yeah. that that conversion rate any day at the moment.
1: So we talked about uh, one more electric pun. Uh, on my post-match notes, I have electric first half, which it was for FC Monmouth. They registered 12 shots in that half, which was the most all-time for a single half in team history. It was also the second time most of the team scored three goals in a single half. You have to go back to the regular season finale last year uh, when they went to Copa and scored three uh, in route to a 3-1 victory that sent them to the Keystone Conference playoffs. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it concluded at that point a stretch where they played four out of five away from home. Uh, during that stretch, they won three of those four road games uh, and accounted for 75% of their win total at the time. And, we talk about the success at home for this team, of course. Before the most recent game for FC Monmouth, they were 5-0 and 2-9 or 6 and 2. Uh, but regardless, the success they have at home, uh, I think, overshadows in some extent the success they've had on the road, especially within the past month for this team. They get three straight wins on the road and three important wins, of course, the Atlantic City one that we've talked about a while ago, and then the two in Eastern PA. Those, those aren't easy trips to go out there, and no trip's easy uh, in any sport or any th- game that you're going to play, because you're playing away from home, and to be able to win three straight is an accomplishment, especially in a short season uh, league that the NPSL is.
2: Right, of course. Again, back to just keeping your uh, your focus and you know men, uh, your mental fortitude in that. The, everything else is just a distraction up until you get under the pitch. There, I mean, it's it's it, you know the trip the. The, the new environment, the state of the locker room, the the routine of, you know, whatever their situation is, the ground itself. These are all, you know, things that just serve, uh, you know, as added distractions as opposed to the the familiar routine and the comfort of playing at home.
1: And I'm, a, I'm also a big shout out to Facilities Guy. And we played at some really nice facilities. We did. Let's, uh, I think I,
2: Scranton I, might be. I liked them all.
1: And even if we're shouting out during the stretch of Atlantic City, too, I kind of liked that facility down in Egg
2: Harbor and then big big stands
1: man big stands huge stands but th- that's a big high school too and then Hershey I thought was nice it was nice location but Electric City I think that was the, that the was, best
2: ground we've seen uh, so far in the NPSL away yeah. I mean that was really nice the tunnel underneath perfectly I was was a, I was a big fan of the tunnel tunnel I, was nice I, I'm
1: a big I'm a big give credit where credit's due to especially fa- it was a very nice facility I enjoyed my time there press it, box is yeah. very nice it's weird
0: in this league too because every team's in a different spot you know some teams play at high school some teams play at universities and luckily for electric city they play at the university of scran who you know that field and facility was is brand new almost i think it's only a couple years old or maybe only a year old and um, yeah, I mean, what a what a place. I mean, from my perspective, yeah. I was I, I wouldn't stop talking about it. He knows I wouldn't stop talking about how great it was. In,
1: in my two years doing this, I've enjoyed every place we've went. I, I think every place they've has all this. had their own charm. Yeah, own I, I've, vibe, I've, yes. yeah, that's the one thing I love about this league is I love every road trip. Uh, and with that being said, I also enjoyed being home for the first time in a while for a game. On uh, the last game on, on June fifteenth. Uh, they say home sweet home, and after you, you drive to Eastern PA twice within the span of four days, you, you like to be able to just drive to somewhere you know uh, and play somewhere you know. And this is coming from a guy who doesn't exert any physical energy during the game. That's, uh, I, I can only imagine what it's like for the actual people who do that. But you know, So
2: then go back and drive back after playing. Yeah, them, so that's,
1: that's a testament to them. And I obviously just sit and type on the computer, but to play like a full 90 minutes, drive three hours back, four days later, do the same thing, come back. Definitely refreshing all around to be home on Saturday for Count Basie. The the final game of this three-game stretch that we're recapping, FC Mammoth hosted Torch FC, a team that they beat 4-0 uh, in per KCPA last year. Uh, they came to FC Mammoth this year in a game that had a pretty good crowd and had a pretty good weather day as well and was kind of windy, but still turned out to be a really exciting game. And Within the first five minutes, Torch was able to get one on the scoreboard uh, <laughs> off a header, off a corner. Uh, Torch, I, I believe, I, I, and I don't know if you you were in the press box or not. I made a, a really good geometry joke, but Torch at one point that <laughs> flurry, I don't know if you guys remember the first. Is, couple is minutes there such of the thing game,
2: as a good geometry joke?
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought so. So they had four corner kicks within the first four minutes. so I said they have enough for a square, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's it. Torch I had that early make
2: a oh, Wendy's <laughs> reference to the four by four.
1: Uh no. <laughs> So they they had that early for you. They got the one in on the header off the corner to make it one nothing. That uh, was
0: tough too because it's one of those things where you kind you kinda get trapped in the in the corner kicks. You know, the corner kick comes in, it gets cleared out for yes, another corner. Comes in, gets cleared out for clear, another corner. Efficiently and, and yeah, I mean and part of it's cycle. just it's tough too. Part of it is like you're just trying to get the ball out of there, you know, and sometimes it hits off someone and it ends up being another corner, so we just couldn't get out of that in the opening stages. And, you know, eventually you keep swinging them in and one of them's going right. to go in. So and it was a, lot just of, a case of that. A lot of teams start.
2: have different, uh, like, wildly different amount of preparation uh, in terms of how organized they are on set pieces. Um, you know, it's almost like a, a separate – I don't know how to explain It's like a separate attribute for the squad, you know. Um, on the run of play is, is obviously one thing and everything that gets focused on. But, you know, you, if your squad drills set pieces and has, uh, you know, very coordinated ones and everyone's like, you know, like I said, thoroughly drilled on I mean that that's always going to be kind of like a you know left hook you can always throw in when you're in that situation so
1: and one thing that I talked with you on the broadcast is that what's the quickest way for a road team to even out the advantage is get a goal early and kind of take the crowd out of it and that's exactly what Torch did they got a goal early and you know FC Monmouth at that point was playing from behind but later on in the first half this guy, Anthony Ravito, we got to talk about his two goals of the season. He scored his first, obviously, in Atlantic City, which was the difference maker there, being a one nothing result. Scores here that's high things up. And obviously, every goal is important that you score, no matter what, throughout the, the 10-game season. But his two goals, that one was really important in this game as well. Pereira had a nice uh, service into the box that went by at least three or four people. Uh, by not even a step or two, just got by him and found Rovito on the backside. He put it in and tied things up at one. And you could feel at that point, the crowd got back into it and the momentum kind of started to shift. Uh, FC Monmouth at that point tied it up at one. And then FC Monmouth was able to get two more. Bryant Nibs scored one and then and Watkins had one in the second half uh, to make the final score three to one. But all three goals important, and, you know, one of the big takeaways from that is the way FC Momus was able to respond to the fact that the road team came in early, and that's probably the first time we've seen that at Count Basie Park was the road team coming It's usually FC Momus that scores early on at home. Right. This time, Torch scores early on, and it's kind of like a reversal of what we've seen, at least in the past year and a half, cumulatively at Count Basie. And they responded really well in that game on Saturday. Uh, that's
2: how all it is. It's any sport too. It's any sports. Almost anything in life, really. To be honest, it's just how you respond to things. Some things are going to happen, and you need to respond. And you can control your response, and you can control you know the outcome from that perspective. So, uh, we did have to see that. I was I think we mentioned that on the broadcast. Like I don't think we've seen them go go down uh, so early. You may have a stat to back that up, but to all and also we're not used to seeing this uh, this team this year. Um, kind of playing on the on the back foot for really uh, any amount of time or, or small amounts of time. It's it's if anything, so it was interesting to say. Okay, you know we're we're home. We've had such a great record here. We've we've had such a good run of form, and now we're suddenly down. I mean, it's very exciting to see what the team is made of. And uh, Ravito came through at the. I mean, two yeah, two goals you score. Both both goals are incredibly crucial. Like when we need you the most, he, uh, Ravito has showed up. And uh, and made it happen for us. I mean, he kind of started digging us out of the hole there
0: immediately with that with that equalizer. Yeah, the guys responded uh, right away. I feel like pretty quickly. Um, I I think that the goal came as a shock at first, but um, I feel like we had a lot of the possession. You know, we were pa- we were patiently probing. You know, we were creating some chances. So Rovito's goal going in, I feel like kind of just solidified that the the swing of the momentum. Uh, and then Nibs' goal. I mean. First of all, you go into halftime one-one. You know, what less than sixty seconds into the second half, it's already two-one. I mean, great way, great way to just come out. You know, a lot of the people we talked to after the game told us about how the the plan was to you know press higher and just go right after it um, in the second half. So. That was great, but that Nibs goal, I mean, it depends on your taste, but that goal might have been prettier than the one at Electric City. (laughs) I love a good team goal, and the way that he passed his way through the defense off of Hawkins and Watkins, and then, you know, he was able to just kind of precisely slot it past the keeper uh, from close range. I mean, beautiful, beautiful goal. I think
2: that the team play, the interplay is so much uh, more evident now, actually. I I, I know I I spoke about that on the broadcast, but um, we we definitely – Take Ravito's goal from AC, you know, that that goal, that, that quick passing interplay and that, that the IQ it takes to pull something like that off um, is, is one thing. And it, it seemed a little bit isolated in the AC game. You know, I know that, um, you know, one of the assistant coaches was talking about how if we could do that consistently, I mean, that is the, the goal here. I thought we saw a lot of good uh, interplay like that, passing wise, quick passes on the wings, you know, one twos, I mean, overlapping runs. We saw a lot of that stuff. That was definitely
0: a moment of magic in the AC game. that little moment. That's what I mean, a moment moment of magic, but like, it's like, can we do that all
2: the time? And that's the, that's the key. And it's very hard with such a short season, such a short window of preparation. You know, we know coach Woods would want more time to uh, a lot more time to really properly, you know, drill a team the way he would like to. So seeing the marked improvement, um, you know, and even even chances that, you know, were created that weren't goals. Just the build-up play was so much better, especially in the second half. It was, it was awesome.
1: Uh, a lot of stats to take away from that game as well as we continue to talk about it. FC Monmouth, we mentioned, had a record for most amount of shots in a single half, which they set that previous Wednesday. They broke that record then twice within this game alone, so they had 13 shots in the first half. Uh, And then they had 16 shots in the second half. So they broke the record in three consecutive halves uh, in this stretch. They had 29 shots in the game. Uh, The previous record of shots for a game total uh, for a full 90 minutes was 17, which they did three times over the past year and a half. Uh, Guys, and we talked about Watkins and Nibs and Ravito, and these guys now all have multiple goals. And FC Monmouth now has four multi-goal scorers. Uh, this season, that ties the mark uh, that the 2018 team had of four multi-goal scorers as well. And to have, we obviously, it's a cliche question to say, but to have multiple threats to be able to put the ball in the back of the net uh, makes you so much more versatile. And there are so many guys, even the four that we talked about, even the guys that we didn't mention, there's a lot of guys on this team that could score goals consistently given all the opportunities that they get.
2: Um. I'm putting my hand in the pot uh, for Anas. I like Anas a lot, man. I think he's. I, think I mean, he's I, think I, think I think whoever you pull crate. out of there is going to be a good selection. Oh no, no I know, but, yeah, but yeah. he's he, he already he oh, had yeah. like what two two uh, good on target. On I mean, on target maybe debatable because they didn't actually hit the frame, but I mean, just curled a little bit over the crossbar twice. I mean, he has a good left foot on him there. Uh, and he averages right around three to four
1: shots a game too. So when, he, he, when he's in, when he's a yeah. late, when he
2: comes in as a late sub, and yep. he's in there. I mean, in the um, I loved his. I really pay attention to him in the um, Electric City game. Um, Honestly, he's, he's he comes as a forward, but he was playing. He, he ended up being a lot in like the left wing, close to the touchline, and he, he's got he's got the pace. He was just cooking him on the left wing, man. Just doing you know hard stops, cutting back. He actually left a defender, uh, you know. On the ground uh, uh, in the torch game, I mean, literally yeah. did that. And I think that's great. I think he's great. I actually, think he's great on the on the left wing a bit. Uh, I, you know, he puts crosses in. He's, he's he's he still is selfless enough. You know, he's not just getting in there and trying to be a glory guy 100 percent like that. Although you were forward, and if there's someone that is allowed to take a liberty like that, it would be you. Um, I don't. Know. I just I just like I like his game. I see the work he puts in. I see the hustle he puts in, and uh, I want to see him uh, get on the score sheet. He had a, he
0: had that shot in the Hershey game that led to. The- the third goal too I mean when sometimes you just gotta hit it on frame and you know who knows what will happen you know uh in that Hershey game the Fonseca goal I, on his cut in took a shot saved came right to Fonseca yep. dumped it in Watkins goal on Saturday same thing nib shot saved Watkins so 29 shots not always the best number you know you, you don't want to have you want to have shots on target over shots but uh, you know, just putting efforts on goal is never a bad thing. You never know what can happen. We've had a lot of goals this season that were kind of opportunistic. Keeper dumping it back out into the area, you know, yeah, I mean, off the post. How and many, stuff t- like how many that, times so. have
2: we heard the the command from you know the coaching staff to just, just to be like, just shoot, like J- actually take a shot? I mean, you have to. So it's good so things we've, will come.
1: We've, we've talked about the stretch, FC Monmouth winning three straight games, getting a full nine points. When We talked about the importance of this stretch on the last podcast and FC Monmouth did what they had to do in each and every single game and this was obviously the team won four games in a row last season to end the regular season they obviously is the the record for most winning the games they've won consecutively they've won three but this is one of if not the most consistent stretches and if you look at obviously me being the stats guy I'm going to throw numbers at you but you can look at the play on the field as well and in each of the last three games they've scored at least or they've scored three goals, registered at least 16 shots while holding opponents to four or less shots on target. so that speaks to not only the team offensively but also a, a back line that and I told you guys this I guess yesterday the work that that those guys do and I uh, you you watch it every game and obviously we are like so tuned in and the fans are too, but we are locked in and I Watch the four guys that start consistently every game, and then the guys that come off the bench—they do a really good job. And that stat of holding opponents to four or less shots on target in three straight games is is a stat you don't see too often, and it's impressive it's what awesome. those guys have done.
2: My person, my my personal <coughs> man of the match uh, for Torch was actually McDonald. I, 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 Dylan played a massive game. I thought he played a massive game. Uh, he recovered well. He, you know, he, he, dude, he recovered well. He. Just cut runs out, cut passes out. Uh, he was just great. He was oh, he's always dependable. He's fearless. He will win a header. He will win a physical challenge. You go in, he goes in there like a train, and you just know he's going to come out the other side. Uh, and he does it week in and week out. I I I, I love mcdonald I loved his playing on, against Torino. And, and
1: then Pereira with that ball to get the assist offensively, but then defensively, obviously to him, Andrew Venezia, Pablo Fonseca, extremely consistent, Mike Tap off the bench too, and. These guys uh, have done it game in and game out. And obviously, you know, outside of the, the Copa game, we're on the road when they let up five goals. Outside of that, they have really they've tightened up in Which every single game. Which looks a lot more like an, an anomaly,
2: anomaly now, now yep. right? Oh, now 100%. it looks a lot more like yeah. an anomaly, doesn't
1: it? 100%. And obviously, it was, it was a defensive-oriented team last year in some capacity, too. But this year, the ability to have that but then feed into the attack going forward, too. A lot of those guys we've seen go in and put shots Andrew Venezia, I don't know if you remember his shot. Mm-hmm. In the That's, oh, that,
0: he, that. He, he's got a crazy if you talk left about,
1: foot. If you talk about Anes being close, Andrew's right up there, too. Free that, kick he, at the side netting
0: against Electric City. He's he, got a crazy left foot, that kid. So he thinking, puts thinking, rockets. Venezia. He's, uh, he's going to get one soon.
1: The ball speed off of his foot is ridiculous. Really? And I pointed that to you in warm-ups of the Torch game. It's, it's impressive. It's
0: considerably faster than <laughs> the ball speed off of my foot. Oh yeah, You could yeah. definitely say the team this year is way more complete. Like, we have the back line is just as strong as last season, if not stronger, but also we have... So many attacking threats this season, consistent attacking threats. You know, Watkins banging them in. <laughs> Rovito doing a great job of, you know, getting assists and setting up, you know, attacking sequences. Well, and, we
2: have people that are in their positions. Finally. And
0: midfielders, Nibs, Desensio, guys who can track back and go forward. I yeah. Mean, I mean,
2: we have, like, it's what Coach said. Like, we, we don't have to make forwards out of any midfielders this year. We have forwards that are just forwards. You know, Watkins got one job. You know, it's great to have a guy like that. You got one job. Yep. You know,
1: so FC Monmouth has won three straight games. They haven't dropped a game since May 22nd. Of course, you mix in the draw that they had between uh, the Atlantic City win and then the three straight against Lone Star. So that sets up a big clash against a, a team in which it's a playoff rematch on Saturday against FC Motown. We're going to have Coach Woods on on the pod- podcast later on in the week to preview that matchup more in depth, but. Obviously familiar opponents. They played twice last season. Any initial thoughts on that before we talk to Coach Woods about that later on in the week? Uh,
2: I'm, I mean, as every game is a big game in this league, and, and especially any home game we have is a, is a, it's a massive game, but it's just everything about this just screams big game. I mean, these are the big dogs of the Keystone Conference, uh, and you know they're, they are consistently usually in first place, and we're currently inhabiting that position at the moment. Uh, and they're gonna want that back just period you know they they're not I don't think they're very happy seeing that they're currently not in first place now there's enough of the season to go with such a short amount of fixtures that yes three games can change the entire thing one game can change your entire situation if you're gonna be in or out of the playoffs or be what, what seed you're gonna be if, if that so uh, this just screams big matchup I mean easily you know one of the most the most dominant team historically in this conference and uh, they're gonna go test the medal of the uh you know, the new and improved, uh, FC Monmouth.
1: Can't wait. It's going to be a good one. And it's going to be a good podcast later on in the week. We're going to talk to coach Woods about that game as well as get his, his thoughts, of course, uh, on the past three games. Uh, he's probably tired of us after all the traveling we've been doing and, uh, hanging consistently out him.
2: asking him questions after every game as well,
1: but, uh, we'll get him on, on the next podcast, uh, for Evan and Joey, My name is Matt DeLuca. If you want any more content, uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as our website, fcmomath.com. We'll see you later on in the week. We're going to talk with the head coach of FC Mammoth, Brian Woods. You've been listening to the FC Mammoth Podcast.